0: To Check the Locks podcast, as always, I'm John Connor.
1: I'm Olivia Cornu.
0: Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, my studious friend, how has your week been? How has everything been going with school? How are you doing?
1: I have like a week and a half left until I get a break and I can't wait. I forgot how hard it is to be like a full-time employee and basically a full-time student and really kind of like a part-time full-time employee doing the podcast I don't have a lot of free time but I'm hanging in there how are you
0: I am doing good and I have to tell you I do not envy the position that you were in (laughs) I can imagine having a full-time job and then going to school and then you know the podcast is a lot of fun but it's still responsibility so I appreciate Mm -hmm. you putting in the work and coming and hanging out with me. I know right before this, you were working on homework. You're probably going to work on homework after this, but I I appreciate that you
1: shout out to my teachers.
0: Right. What a teach, but I appreciate (laughs) that you still show up and, and have a good time with me. And like I said, this is my favorite part of my week getting to come in here and, just kind of chit chat with you and go through some of these strange cases. So I'm glad everything's going well. My week has been been pretty good adjusting to a new work schedule. I don't think I told you, but last weekend I took Millie. We went and saw the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Rocked so hard as an adult, as a kid, go see that movie because it was absolutely amazing.
1: I feel like I could see Millie liking Ninja Turtles. She's got an interesting imagination every time I see her on the on the Zoom.
0: She loves them. And if we see any toys that are turtle toys, she's like, I need to get that. But the day we went to the movie theater, we literally pulled into the parking lot and a tornado warning hit. And so I got her out of the car and it was like hell opened up from the skies. It was just raining so hard. And so I grabbed her and I put her head on my shoulder and we were kind of running against the rain, but I was holding her to like keep her dry. Meanwhile, I am so, I mean, I had like an inch of water in my shoes. My underwear were wet. Like that's how hard <laughs> it was raining. This movie was so good that I completely forgot that any of that had happened. I was just paying attention with suit And then at the end I got up to leave and I was like, oh yeah, my clothes are still soaking wet.
1: <laughs> like why am I wet?
0: Yeah. For that hour and 30 minutes, I totally forgot. It got me. It sucked me right in. It was really, really good.
1: Hmm, I'll have to check it out. I, I keep saying I'm like, I'm not really boycotting the movie theater, but I haven't been in more than probably, I say seven years, but I haven't been to the theater as long as I've lived in New Orleans. And so now I feel like I just need to like make it to 10 years.
0: See, I don't get that when COVID happened and we couldn't go to movies. That was like the hardest thing for me. I love being in a movie theater. I love having that like communal experience where everybody's laughing at the same thing or you're like scared of the same thing. And there's a the smell of popcorn and people having like the little side kind. It's a whole experience for me. It's like one of my favorite things in the whole world. So now that everything's open and there's actually movies and stuff, I'm like, yes, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go.
1: You know what one of my most favorite things is in the whole world?
0: What's one of your most favorite things?
1: Wearing my pajamas, watching a movie from the comfort of my home. But I do miss movie theater popcorn. I really do so good and the salt
0: and I I like watching movies at home too there's nothing better than like a good weekend you know you're just laying around being lazy but there's just something about like the you go and you walk in the theater and it smells a certain way and there's always that awkward teenager that like rips your ticket (laughs) and then you got to stand in line like the prices and stuff I'm not too thrilled about but like there's something about going to your seat with like a bag of candy and a like a bucket of soda and you're like, I'm strapping in for this situation. You know what I mean? It's and you got
1: to open your packages before the movie starts so you don't interrupt everybody.
0: Or maybe you're one of those people, like some people I know, wink, wink, some people who go to maybe like the just a dollar before and you wear cargo shorts and you put all the candy <laughs> in your cargo shorts because you don't want to pay $19 for MMs, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I haven't been, we can quit talking about this in a second, but I feel like I haven't been in so long that I'm going to be shocked at how much a ticket cost.
0: It's not the tickets. The tickets aren't so bad. So it was like ten fifty a person, I think, when we went.
1: Okay, that's not bad. I feel like it was like $8, dollars eight fifty dollars 50 last time I went to the-
0: to Yeah. Movies. And that was for the adults. Millie's was obviously cheaper. But if we go and we get like a bag of candy, a bag of popcorn, and like a large soda-
1: oh that's easy 40 bucks and
0: the whole the well here it's like 22 so the whole thing when you when you factor in 22 plus 20 for tickets plus millie's ticket it's like a 50 thing but it's still it's worth it i have so much fun I, i'm the guy who'll go to the movies by myself like if there's something i really want to see and nobody will go see it with me i'm like all right this thursday at like two o'clock i'm out i'm going so <laughs> if you come to nashville we'll go to a movie i since you've been like when you went, do they have like the fancy like reclining seats and stuff? And like,
1: I mean, that was like a there were certain theaters that had that like that were you would go there and that's what they had. But the last time I, I have not sat in one of those yeah. only one time. And I thought we went to this like special theater, but the regular ones were just like normal, normal chairs.
0: Oh, dude, it's almost like standard now. So like we went and saw the Barbie movie and oh,
1: I'd be asleep then.
0: Well, it used to be that you would sit, you know, there's a, those first three rows from the screen that are like, if you sit there, you're looking straight up and like your neck yeah. is all messed up. I then, now we went and saw Barbie it's opening weekend and those were the only seats, but they recline all the way back. So you're just like, oh, so you're just
1: like chilling.
0: Yeah. Looking up. Yeah. It's still not the best seat, but it's way better than it was. So if you come to Nashville, we'll go see something stupid. We'll get popcorn and drinks and we'll go see something crazy. All
1: right. Sounds like plan.
0: Well, now that we've talked for seven minutes about the movie (laughs) theater, what do you think? Should we get into this week's case?
1: Yeah. Tell me what you got. It looks like we're going to your home state.
0: We are. We are going to Michigan. And I have to tell you, I have never heard of this case. And when I found it and started going through the details, I was like, oh, man, it is twisted. It is lurid. There's like some weird sexual elements to it. And it immediately like sucked me in because I had never heard of it. So I'm super excited to share it with you to see if any of the listeners have heard of it. But if you're down with it, I say we just go ahead and jump in and we'll, we'll break it down.
1: Yeah, let's get started.
0: So like we said, this week we are headed to Michigan. But to get there, first we have to head to Indiana. Jason and Kelly Cochran had spent their entire lives in the town of Maryville. In fact, the pair grew up next door to each other. And as they grew, so did their feelings for one another. Jason and Kelly became high school sweethearts, and in 2002, just after Kelly's graduation, the couple decided to marry. Now, shortly after their union, Jason and Kelly started their own business, a pool servicing company. And to people who knew them, the couple was an odd pairing. Kelly was extroverted and loved conversation, while Jason was quiet, unless you got him talking about something that he was interested in. And over the next decade, all seemed well between the couple. Their business was successful, and they seemed genuinely in love. But after 10 years of manual labor, Jason's back gave out, and he wasn't able to work in the way he was before. And he was always in tremendous pain. And this left Kelly to take over paying the bills, as well as the majority of other responsibilities. Now, eventually, the couple decided that they needed a change, and in 2013, they decided to move to Caspian, Michigan. Now, Caspian is located in the Upper Peninsula. Are you familiar with the Upper Peninsula at all?
1: Is that where the Mackinac Island is?
0: Yeah, so Mackinac Island is there. Mackinac Bridge takes you from the Lower Peninsula to the Upper Peninsula.
1: Okay. No, I'm not familiar with it. But when I lived in the Midwest, I wanted to make it to Mackinac Island because that looked really cool and fun. And you bike around. and
0: Yeah, there's no cars on the island. You have to take a boat. Yeah. And then you, you know, ride around bicycles. Fun fact, though, from everyone I know who has been there, there's also no air conditioning on the island. So if you're there in the summer, kind of sucks.
1: Maybe it'll be a fall trip for me.
0: Yeah. Give me a spring. Give me a windows open. All the pollen. None of the heat. That's what I'm all about.
1: No pollen. No pollen. Have you met me? I'm a walking allergy.
0: Now, for those who may not know, the Upper Peninsula is a heavily forested area and is surrounded by three of the Great Lakes. So typically, you think of Michigan, you think of Detroit, Ann Arbor, maybe Grand Rapids. The UP is straight wilderness. It's tiny cabins on lakes. So it's a very rural area. And along with this new start, Jason was excited for a legal marijuana card to help with his chronic pain. Now, once they were settled, Kelly Cochran took a job at a factory manufacturing naval ship parts. And it was there that she met 53-year-old Christopher Reagan. Now, Chris was an Air Force veteran who was originally from Detroit. He was disciplined, which helped him in both his personal and professional life. And he was also preparing to relocate to Asheville, North Carolina for a new career opportunity. Chris had recently broken up with his girlfriend, Terry O'Donnell, around the time that Kelly began working at the plant. But even though they were separated, they stayed close friends. And the pair even had plans to spend Thanksgiving and Christmas together. Now, in November of 2014, Chris had texted his ex about some of those plans. O'Donnell replied, but then, nothing. Days went by and she had heard no word from Chris. And after 10 days, O'Donnell called the police and reported him missing. Detectives immediately began to work the case, and they headed to Chris's home to see if they could find any sign of the missing man. When they arrived, they found the home in complete disarray, which was very unlike the tidy and responsible Air Force veteran. But unfortunately, the police found no clues indicating where Chris may have been. And as the search continued, investigators eventually located Chris's truck abandoned on the outside of town. There was no sign of Chris, but they did find a sticky note on the steering wheel. And on that note was an address to a residential home in Caspian. The address on the note belonged to Kelly and Jason Cochran. Now, initially, police spoke with a couple at their home, but they didn't really find anything suspicious. But shortly after the initial interaction, investigators began to hear rumors. According to some people who worked at the factory, Kelly Cochran and Chris Reagan had begun having an affair. Now, because of the rumors, the police decided to conduct formal questioning at the station. And during the interview, Kelly did admit to having an affair with Chris. She also told police that her relationship with Jason was, quote, an open marriage. However, Jason didn't seem to share the same opinion, and he told investigators that he had been upset by his wife's affair with her co-worker. Still, Jason and Kelly claimed to have nothing to do with Chris's disappearance, and both were released. But detectives couldn't shake a feeling that something may be up, and in March of 2015, a federal search warrant was executed on the couple's home. Now, during the search investigators found something rather odd. It was a rough draft of a book that Jason had written, and in it, he goes on a vengeance-fueled murder spree. And who was the target, you might ask? Someone described remarkably close to Chris Reagan. But to the disappointment of law enforcement, that is all they found. There was no hard evidence pointing to Jason and Kelly having anything to do with the disappearance of Chris.
1: Okay, This is crazy and writing a book is um, odd. Maybe it was his way of like journaling, but I had no, I still don't know who did it or if they even did it, but like, surely it's just not a coincidence that the husband wrote a book about killing the man his wife was having an affair with and is innocent.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say odd is like an understatement. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Like this isn't just a coincidence that he just happens to be like a writer and writes about what he wants to do.
0: And I definitely agree. I think there is something with like journaling or getting feelings out. Like I remember being in therapy as a kid. And one of the things the therapist said was like, write a letter to the person that you're angry at and then rip the letter up or put it somewhere where no one can find it, which I understand that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between that and being like, I am writing a novella about (laughs) how much (laughs) I want to get revenge on this man. It's yeah it's it's a little out there
1: can't say i've heard this one before
0: yeah hopefully you can see why i was so wrapped up in this just from the start because i was like a book huh mm-hmm. like you out here doing chapters son
1: like, that's crazy <laughs> tell us how you really feel right all right keep going i need to know how this turns out
0: Now, shortly after the search, the couple would actually return to Indiana. This time, they settled in the town of Hobart. On February 20th, 2016, dispatchers received a startling 911 call from the Cochran home. And when EMTs arrived at the residence, they found Jason unresponsive. They attempted to revive him, but he was ultimately pronounced dead at the scene. Now, originally, the cause of death was said to be a heroin overdose. Jason had turned to using the hard drug while still trying to cope with his back pain. And only a few short days later, Kelly would hold a memorial service for her late husband. She shared that Jason's death was the hardest thing that she would ever have to deal with. However, during the same time period, she was pawning off the couple's belongings. And to the shock of many friends and family members, Kelly Cochran disappeared on April 26. She had fled the small town and for good reason. Shortly after Kelly had disappeared, the Hobart medical examiner made a shocking discovery. Jason hadn't died of an overdose. In fact, the cause was ruled to be asphyxiation, which means Kelly had smothered her husband to death. And at this point, she was a fugitive. But detectives working the case had a plan. They knew that if they could get Kelly to text with them, they may be able to get her location via GPS. So they sent several messages. And finally, Kelly responded. She told police that she was spending time on the West Coast, but when they tracked the signal, they found that she was actually in Wingo, Kentucky. In fact, Kelly had been staying with a cousin and laying low. Authorities were dispatched immediately, and Kelly was arrested on April 28, 2016. And once in custody, she decided to not spare a single horrific detail. All right, Olivia, are you ready for this? Because this is where stuff starts to get weird.
1: Yeah, I just need to know how this happens. Like, that's why I'm trying not to interrupt you too much, because I'm just, like, focused.
0: Well, let me tell you what was going on here. So, according to Kelly, when she and Jason married in 2002, they made a pact, a deadly pact. They both agreed that if the other ever cheated, they would kill the person that they stepped out with. And when Jason found out about Kelly's affair with Chris Reagan, he held her to their agreement. Kelly shared that Jason forced her to lure Chris to their home with the promise of sex and while in the act jason stepped out of the shadows he then proceeded to shoot chris Reagan in the head at point Blake range with a 22 caliber rifle once chris was dead jason took his body to the basement of the michigan home and proceeded to dismember it with a buzzsaw then they took chris's remains and dumped them in the woods finally they took his truck and dumped it on the outskirts of town However, they didn't notice the sticky note with their address on it.
1: This sounds like a sad country song, a country song gone wrong.
0: Who makes a pact like that?
1: And then helps their husband, like, just don't cheat. Like, then she helps her husband lure him to the house so that he can kill him. What? Mind blown.
0: Yeah. Kara and I have made a pact. (laughs) Our pact is if that either one of us is unhappy in the marriage and are thinking about being with somebody else, we would come to the other person and be like, this is what's going on. We should talk about this. Mm -hmm. Not
1: I cheated. Let's go kill this person.
0: Right. Not like we're going to murder. Yeah. I mean, that's just a crazy, crazy idea. Because what does that do? You're not punishing your spouse. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just odd. Okay, keep going. This is bizarre.
0: Now, apparently, when investigators started sniffing around the couple decided that the heat was too much and they moved back to Indiana. But Kelly was resentful. She claimed that her relationship with Chris Reagan was, quote, the only good thing in my life. Her anger for what Jason had done to Chris continued to grow, and that is when Kelly decided to take revenge. It was then that she overloaded Jason's heroin fix, and after he shot up, Kelly decided that she had to be sure. So she proceeded to smother Jason Cochran to death. And according to Kelly, it was her way to, quote, even the score. Now, Kelly also took investigators to the spot where she and Jason had dumped Chris Reagan's remains. Now, there is an actual video recording of this outing, which I did link in the sources of this episode, but throughout it, Kelly can be seen acting incredibly calm. It seemed like she enjoyed being outside and was casually smoking cigarettes. As Kelly walked detectives through the area, she seemed almost carefree, like she had no guilt for what she and Jason had done to Chris. Eventually, the police were able to locate a skull with a bullet hole in it, and dental records would later prove that they were in fact the remains of Christopher Reagan. As investigators continued to have Kelly walk them through the crime scene, she requested a cheese pizza and a soda for lunch. Again, in the video, Kelly can be seen eating as she has walked through the Michigan home that she shared with Jason, enjoying her lunch as she pointed out where the couple casually dismembered Chris's body. Now, her trial for the murder of Christopher Reagan would start in early 2017. She was charged with first-degree murder, home invasion, conspiracy to commit bodies, disinterment, and mutilation, concealing the death of an individual, lying to a police officer, and accessory to murder after the fact. And during the trial, Chris's ex, Terry O'Donnell, was called to testify, and she described the very first time that she saw Kelly Cochran. She said, quote, I just remember her staring at me and grinning. I took a deep breath and thought that she was the scariest person I had ever seen. I was afraid. I couldn't look at her for the rest of the time I was there testifying. It was like she was laughing and saying, look at what I did. You can't stop me. She just sat there and grinned. O'Donnell continued. It was like the devil looking at you. And after I testified, I lost it. I totally lost it. I just remember driving, speeding, not knowing if I had crossed the border. I didn't know if I was in Wisconsin or Michigan. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to run as far away from Kelly as possible, which to me is a pretty scary description of this person.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like when you look at people who have like really dark eyes, and sometimes this might just be me, but I feel like when people have a really, really dark eyes, sometimes it's just like they just look evil. Does that make sense?
0: Definitely. I will remember before we record, put an eye mask on. <laughs> Make sure I'm not showing up with any, you know, puffy bags underneath. But no, I get what you're saying. Like people with just dark, like recessed eyes.
1: Yeah. Not saying like everybody with dark eyes is evil looking, but you know what I mean? Sometimes like, oh, those eyes are scary.
0: Right. If you're listening to this podcast and you have dark recessed eyes, you're cool.
1: Sorry. Yeah, you're great. Thanks for listening.
0: Don't stare at me on the bus (laughs) because it'll freak (laughs) me out.
1: It's the, you know, the, the, the other facial expressions that go along with it that make it scary.
0: Right. Now, Terry O'Donnell obviously had her feelings, and a jury of Kelly's peers ultimately found her guilty, and she was sentenced to life in prison. In April of 2018, instead of proceeding through another trial, Kelly Cochran pled guilty to the murder of her husband, Jason. For this, she was sentenced to an additional 65 years. She appealed her conviction, but ultimately lost. Now, This story has been crazy up to this point, Olivia, but let me hit you with a little something else. Maybe kick it up a notch. Does that sound good to you?
1: I mean, I don't know how much more I can take. Does it get even more bizarre?
0: Yes, because while in custody, Kelly Cochran began to claim that she and Jason had murdered many other people. What? In total, she claimed that the couple had killed and buried nine other victims across the Midwest which, if these claims are true, would in fact make her a serial killer. However, despite these claims, no further charges have ever been brought against her. And finally, after her arrest, friends and neighbors came forward in fear. The claim was that shortly after the murder, they were invited to a cookout at the Cochran's Michigan home, and they believed that during that barbecue, they were served the ground-up remains of Christopher Reagan. In fact, multiple people have said that they were served meat that tasted funny and did not look right. It is important to note that up until this day, these claims do remain unsubstantiated. but just the idea that they were like, hey, neighbors, come on over. Would you like a burger? Is pretty crazy.
1: She's uh, channeling her her, inner Willie Pigton,
0: the pig farmer. She's got some pig farmer in her.
1: Man, that's gross. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Now, eventually, a docuseries titled Dead North would be produced by Investigation Discovery. The series chronicled the entire story, but notably, Kelly Cochran's brother, Colton Kaboyan told investigators that he feared his sister was, in fact, a serial killer. And that's this week's case.
1: I feel like they need to go back to certain dates where they would be living in the Midwest and really try to see if there were cases of missing probably mostly men, maybe even women. I mean, who knows if this was part of some weird infidelity, cheating, obsession, murder, whatever you want to call it. I would assume they'd probably be mostly men, given that they murdered Chris. But if they both made the pack, and she's obviously willing to help him kill somebody, and then she's capable of killing her own husband, I mean, there could be women involved too. I mean, I would look into it. Especially if her own, like, brothers, like, Yeah, I feel like my sister is a serial killer.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. And this is what I would say, because this is all speculation, right? No other charges have been brought against her. However, what it seems like it could be to me just going through the story is that Mm -hmm. this may be a case of they get off on this.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean by an obsession, like a, like a, a niche or, you know, give me another synonym.
0: Yeah, like their kink is murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I catch you doing this thing.
1: Together, we're going to do this.
0: Then we get to kill somebody together, right?
1: And again, you need to watch Mr. Brooks.
0: I watched the trailer. I don't know if I can watch Dane Cook and something like that.
1: Oh, come on. Do it. You have to. It's not about him. It's about Kevin Costner.
0: I know. I tried I to. I mean, it is. about. I tried he to find some place where I could like watch it for free and I had to like pay for it. And I was like, oh, oh man. I don't, I don't do give that. Dane Cook any money. Oh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, we're saying women, right? But the one thing that stuck with me as I was going through was at some point, Jason was a physically fit dude before he hurt his back. Right. So Mm -hmm. if this is in fact, this like kind of murderous Bonnie and Clyde, he may have had women that she killed, you know?
1: Right. Right.
0: And what I'm also wondering is when he hurt his back and they couldn't do the things that they had done before, Is that when she was like, time to kill him. You can't give me what I want. See ya. You know, and again, total speculation. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows?
0: But that to me, that makes a lot more sense than I was having an affair with this guy and I really liked him. And then we had a murder pact. And then I was just really resentful of the murder pact. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. I think you liked having sex and murdering people. And this was a great way for you to do both. You know? Yeah. Well, If we are talking deadbolt test, because again, this story to me as I was going through, it's just you thought it was going one direction, then it started going another. If we're talking deadbolt test, where does something like this fall? Because it is very strange and I know, you know, relating to it, I don't know if I could, but it's still very out there. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, there's no relation for me here, but I'm giving it a nine. There were so many twists and turns and roller coasters and ups and downs, and I didn't know what was coming next. This was a good one.
0: I feel the same way. I'm going to give it, I'm going to go an eight this week. I'm not stepping out on my wife with anybody that, you know, from a manufacturing plant. You know what I mean? Nothing like that. So I'm not worried about this happening to me. Am I going to check my locks tonight? Yes, because I always do. Am I going to double check it because of this case? Probably not. But the fact that these type of people exist and that you would make a pact like that and to think about being Chris Reagan, where you're like, I'm about to move. I got this like piece at work. It's nothing serious. I'm about to move and like start a whole new life. And then the other thing that really got me is like the idea of, can you imagine, and we don't talk about this a lot on the show, but can you imagine being engaged in the physical act of making love? And then someone's like, boom, like it's the last thing that you're thinking. Yeah. There's no way that that's going through your head that you're like, oh, I'm like, I'm in danger right now. You're just living your best life. You know what I mean? <laughs> right.
1: Again, watch Mr. Brooks.
0: All right. I'll watch Mr. Brooks.
1: <laughs> no, but yeah. I i mean, the, the rush of adrenaline you get probably in that moment has got to be very terrifying. And I just, I don't know. Um, this was just all kinds of wrong. I don't know how else to describe it.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. And I think that's one of the things that may be tied into like the kink aspect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like this dude is having a great time. The endorphins are flowing and then I get to take him out like in the middle of that. You know, it's like a, a a high for the person who is killing him. I don't know. Again, speculation, but I'm far more inclined to believe that this is something that had happened before. It seems like this was way too calculated to be like, oh, we did it once, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was so casual about it when she was walking through the woods. That's the other thing. Like, sure, you caught me now, but like <laughs> there's nine other people that I've done this to. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to pin it on me.
0: Yeah. And she's smoking a cigarette. She's like, well, I know we dumped, like, you should find the skull. We yeah. also j- dropped the torso out here. So you'll probably find some ribs. You know, she's, and then she's like, can I get a cheese pizza for lunch? Pizza. It's like, you mind if I light up another cigarette? No, they're like, no, I get, like, I guess not. You know what I mean?
1: Man, this was just this was good and this was i say to call cases is good but you know what i mean like that's what this is what drives us to the true crime you know aspect is like we sit and we watch these documentaries and i mean this this is what this is about it's just the twists and the turns and oof.
0: well the police in that video are like my, my favorite most michigan thing ever because they're up there like taking her around and one of the cops looks at the other one and goes you know every time i'm up here i keep telling myself like, i gotta remember to bring me a fishing pole like he, just, he was like they're looking for body parts and he's like i could probably catch a pretty pretty big big mouth bass up here probably be a good time so it's like it's very 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 michigan but yeah it's it was a crazy story uh and then you have the whole element of like eating people and it just gets weirder as it goes so i'm locking in it at an eight you're locking in at a nine but as always we got to go to the locksmiths Where does the devil woman of Michigan, Kelly Cochran, fall on your devil test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on X, formerly Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, get to spend some time with you. Olivia, like a funky hamburger at a weird neighbor's barbecue, I got a nasty taste in my mouth. (laughs) I need a five-star review. What do you got for us?
1: That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, I have a (laughs) five-star review this week, and it is from Sad Monopoly Player. I have so many questions about this name, but they said, I've known Olivia for a while and never knew the side of her. Wonder who they are. I absolutely love the balance of personal updates with the stories. One thing that stands out so much for this podcast over others is that they give so much love and detail for the victims. It's a kind of way to honor them. Now, I can't wait for Mondays and Wednesdays, and I'd love to have even more episodes. So who are you, Sad Monopoly player? I want to know who you are. We can send you some stuff. And how have you known me for so long? I know who it is. Who is it?
0: It's Mr. Brooks. <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. <laughs> it's Kevin Costner. It's Kevin Costner. He's single, but he's going to be broke.
0: Mm-hmm. Got that Yellowstone money you used to. Well, Sad Monopoly player, don't pass go. Don't collect $200, but reach <laughs> out to us and let us know who you are. We really do appreciate you taking that time to leave that review. We would love to send you some stuff. We got stickers, buttons. We got some really cute little cartoon stickers of you and I coming in the mail pretty soon. I'm really excited to send those out. I know
1: those, but those are pretty cute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're not in the Facebook group, sign up. I posted a little sneak peek up there, but I was like, these are just adorable. So we got cool stuff to send you, buttons, all sorts of stuff. Reach out to us again. You can find us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on X, formerly Twitter at Check the Locks. And again, if you're in our Facebook group, you can reach out, let us know. If you are not a social person, that is totally fine. Head over to checkthelockspod.com, click the email button, shoot us an email, let us know where to send it out. We would love to know who you are and also where to send your stuff. So reach out. And Olivia, if somebody wants to have their five-star review read on the podcast, what is the best way to do that?
1: Well, go to Apple Podcasts, go to our show's homepage, scroll all the way down where you see all five stars, click all five of them, and leave us a little love and tell us what you think about the podcast, and maybe we'll read yours.
0: And Olivia, as always, you say it best, so I don't have to. That is correct. Leave us those reviews. We talk about it every single week, right? These reviews help us so much. They get us into other shows' recommendations. They help new listeners find the show, but most importantly, it helps our community grow. So... Again, Apple Podcasts, leave those five-star reviews. If you need a cheat code, just click on the show details for the episode that you're listening to right now. There's a little link, make it super easy. Also, if you leave us a review anywhere else, just send us an email or reach out, let us know where you left it. We would love to read those as well. All of them help. It doesn't matter what platform. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks get signed up today we got a lot of great tiers a lot of great benefits exclusive stickers coffee mugs t-shirts all sorts of stuff that you can only get for being a patron plus you get the episodes ad free and early so if you love check the locks but you hate commercials that is the way to listen so again if you do want to help us out you like what we do you want to keep the lights on patreon.com forward slash check the locks get signed up today And if you cannot financially support Check the Locks, we definitely understand. We say this every week, but just listening, hanging out, but most importantly, sharing the show with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you are listening. You're letting other people know about the show. Hey, I like this little true crime podcast. You should check it out. Here's a link. Just know that we appreciate that more than we could ever tell you. Again, it is all about getting in front of new listeners and growing our community. So if that is you, you're sharing our stuff. Just know we truly appreciate it. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying true crime case. But until then, don't forget to
1: check the locks.
0: See you next week. Bye. Bye. I want a hamburger.